Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Point to the logo on my chest and tell him. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Hit it up hard. Hit him with strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slendy, ego. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 348 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here. Padres, they uh, just fell to the Los Angeles Dodgers 7-6, but who cares about the score? Just spring training. Uh, but I wanted to come on here and talk about Fernando Tatis Jr.'s return, which is going to be tomorrow. He's going to be the designated hitter against the San Francisco Giants in Scottsdale. A lot has happened, obviously, in the last 48 hours. Really good 48 hours for the Padres. Obviously, result, like, if the Padres won today, I guess that would have made it better. But again, it doesn't matter. It's a spring training game. I, I've seen a lot of positive signs from the pitching staff guys that matter, like guys that we care about, guys that will impact the major league team. I've seen positive things from the offense, definitely yesterday, and what we can get into that. Obviously, the Manny extension, if you have any comments, any questions on that, we can definitely continue to talk about the Manny extension. We were only talking about that for, like, weeks, it felt like, months uh, leading up to this. We didn't know if it was going to happen. I planned on talking about it probably during the season at least a little bit after games. So, yeah, we can definitely talk about it. Um, it's huge news. It's great news, right? Manny, when he's done, he plays his last game in a Padres uniform, assuming that he's a Padre the rest of his contract. I'm going to be like 31 years old. I, I can't even think about that right now. Like, what the heck? So he's going to be here for a long time, and uh, hopefully – we're all going to be alive throughout the contract so we can enjoy Manny's greatness, right? Um, let's see what we got here. See if anyone's in the chat. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming on and joining the show here and being in the chat. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned in the chat, and we can talk some Padres. Uh, so let, let's hit more on the last 48 hours. So starting with the Manny extension, 11 years, $350 million, right? And I was not expecting the extension to get done this early. 
I'm sure I said that on my initial Manny reaction show, which is available on YouTube and podcast platforms. Um, I was thinking it was going to get done. Like Peter Seidler, went, once he said, Manny's my top priority, I was confident that a deal was going to get done. I just didn't, didn't think it was going to take less than a week to get a deal done because the reported offers, right, they were far apart. I don't think Manny was actually asking for 400 mil, but it was still far apart. Like, let's say Manny was asking for over 350. Maybe they compromised there. He asked for more than that, maybe. The Padres, that offer reportedly was 255. And it's been reported by multiple sources that that's what that deal was, right? Multiple reporters have come out and said their sources have said that's what the Padres' initial offer was before the deadline, right? So uh, it didn't look great, right? But I always had faith that Peter would get a deal done. Again, just didn't know the timing. And I, I was pleasantly surprised by the timing, right? And during that Manny reaction show, I was really just focused on enjoying the moment, enjoying the Manny extension. Like, we don't have to worry about it anymore, right? He's ours. We don't have to worry about the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Cubs rumors, right? Like, Manny's going to be a Padre for life. We don't have to worry about that anymore. I didn't really get into, well, do I think that this contract's going to work out good? What is he going to look like? Uh, you know, eight years from now, seven years from now, a decade from now, how is this contract going to look? I'm confident in saying that this deal is going to work out better than the Albert Pujols contract with the Angels. You know, our Albert, he got, I think it was DFA'd, and then he signed with the Dodgers, then went to the Cardinals to end his career. He's working as an advisor with the Angels organization now, by the way, uh, because he signed a 10-year deal, 10 years, like $10 million, so a million dollars a year after he retired, after the contract was up, to like mentor guys and be uh, be an assistant in the organization, essentially. I think the, the Manny contract's going to work out better than Albert. You know, Albert, he like, it was hard for him to move, it felt like, at the end of that contract. I don't see that really happening for Manny. I'm not saying Albert like didn't take good care of his body, but Manny and Albert, those are just two different people, right? Just two different uh, body compositions, right? If that makes sense. I'm just more confident. Like Manny, if he has to move over to first base, you know, seven years down the line or five years down the line or whenever it is, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm confident that Manny can go transition to first base. Look, that's a long way down the road. Manny's, I think he's the best third baseman in baseball right now. Some would say Nolan, right? Jose Ramirez is up there. Maybe not the, to the total package, but he's definitely up there offensively, right? Um, but having Manny go pick balls over there at first base, I mean, I, I have all the confidence in the world that he can make that transition. So I'm not worried about that, uh, his defense. I'm not worried about his bat. He takes really good care of his body. So I'm not worried about, oh, all of a sudden, you know, middle of the contract, He's going to go from playing 150 games a year, 160 games a year sometimes, 162 sometimes, right? I think he's played 162 games once or twice. He's played 162 games one, two, yeah, twice. Yeah. Nailed it on the head. Um, so let I don't think he's going to go like from playing 150 plus games to 100 games. Maybe like really at the end when he's 40 and he's, you know, more... Maybe he gets in a bench role, but I just don't see it. He takes such good care of his body that I think that we don't have to worry about that. And for those that are going to be worrying about the length of the contract, like I said the other day, like, let's not worry about that right now. Let's just enjoy the moment. We can't control what's going to happen seven, eight years down the road, a decade down the road. Who knows what this team's going to look like? when that happens, right? And fans that are worried about, oh, we're paying Manny $30 million a year when he's 40. Well, do you realize that the market keeps changing every year? Like, the market keeps improving for players. You know? Trey Turner got 342. Judge got 360. The prices keep going up every offseason. Like, a new player, the best free agent, sets the bar. And then the next offseason, the next you know, great talent 
goes above that bar, right? So maybe the Manny contract's going to look like a bargain at the end of this deal. So I'm not worried about that. I'm focused on 2023. I'm focused on, you know, the near future because this team is really, really talented. And I think we should just enjoy the heck out of this really, really talented team and enjoy the heck out of Manny's prime and Bogarts's prime and Tatis's prime and Soto's prime, right? Let's enjoy that. And Musgrove and Darvish, right? And having Hater for this year. Don't know about a next, don't know about next year, but having him and Snell this year, uh, just having Suarez. I mean, I could go down the line. There's just so much talent. Crony, there's so much talent on this team. So just enjoying that, I think, is huge. Uh, I think that's important for Padres fans, right? Um, so those are just kind of some of my more my thoughts on the Manny stuff. Um, I mean, you look at the games played, right? I didn't really give you concrete numbers on games played, but and kind of why I'm not worried about him and his longevity. 150 games this past season, and that's he was playing some of those games on one leg. Like that's how much he wanted to help his team. That's how much he knew he needed to help his team and how important he was to the Padres. You know, that injury that he had in Colorado was a six to eight week thing. And he said, no, I'm going to rehab my butt off and I'm going to miss nine games, nine, 10 games, whatever it was. I think it was nine games and be back for that Dodger series. Like that's so he's not he, he didn't do that for the money. He did that because he loves being on the field and he wants to help the Padres win games. Right. Like he loves baseball. He loves playing baseball. He's a baseball player. He, he's not there just for the money. Like, money's a big part, obviously. He opted out for the money, right? He knew he could get a raise. I'm not saying, like, money's – he doesn't care about money. Of course he does. But you can tell that he, he loves being on the field. He could take way more off days than he does. And I'm sure during those times when he does have an off day, some of those games he's probably lobbying and probably asking Bo Mel, hey, can I get in the lineup? Can I get some at-bats? At least DH me so I can help the team, right? So he's not someone that's going to try to get as many off days as he can now that he's gotten paid, right? 2015, 162 games. 2016, 157 games. 2017, 156 games. 2018, 162 games. 2019, 156 games. All 60 games in the short season in 2020. Top three MVP finish, Silver Slugger. 2021, 153 games, All-Star, and then last year, 150 games. Should have won the MVP and was an All-Star. Like, this guy's not slowing down anytime soon. If there's a player in Major League Baseball that you're willing to give a huge contract to and give him money till he's 41 or whatever, how, however long they're giving him the money for, whatever age he's going to be at the end of that contract, Manny's like that guy. You know, so I'm not worried about that at all. That's something that happened the last 48 hours. Um, another thing that happened in the last 48 hours was the return of Fernando Tatis Jr. being announced by Bob Melvin. We heard, I think it was last week, that Tatis was probably not going to play during the weekend. He did not play during the weekend. He was probably going to debut sometime during the week. He did end up, or he's going to end up debuting sometime this week, and sometime this week is tomorrow. On Tuesday, February 28th, uh, and it's going to be against the Giants. Start time's a little afternoon Pacific time. That game is not on television. It's not on Valley Sports. I was looking on MLB.com. It's not on the Giants TV network. So if the Padres were smart, they'd have someone go bring a video camera and just post it in the press box or something or behind the plate or wherever and just put it on a webcast, put it on MLB.com. I don't even need jesse and tony to be announcing the game although i think they they are uh, uh it's on it's uh mlb.com it's going to be like an audio feed of them announcing the game but there's no video if the padres were smart they would probably want to be putting this on video and i'm sure there will be videos of this if it's not going to be live on mlb.com or somewhere else on youtube or whatever um so we'll see the tatis highlights if there's something good that happens. I'm sure the Padres will have someone there doing that. Uh, but, I mean, Padres fans, we're clamoring for Fernando, right? We have not seen Fernando play 
in a baseball game and like a, an official game. I know this is spring training, but we haven't seen him play in a major league game since 2021, right? Because this time last spring training, he was announcing the fractured wrist, right? The, the, the wrist surgeries, right? And then we were waiting all year long and then into the summer and we thought we were going to be able to see him. He was going to come back. It was great. That game was going to be sold out. It probably still was. Um, and then, you know, three, four games, I think it was, into his rehab stint, his rehab games, the, P, the PED suspension comes down, right? And he goes and to the San Diego airport by himself and doesn't let the San Antonio staff know and all the, you know, the bad decisions that happened. It felt like it just com kept compounding, right? And then... We saw that from passing, right? The Padres were playing the Nationals in D.C., and that totally took over. We didn't even care about Juan Soto's return to Washington anymore. All we cared about was the Tatis PD news, right? Uh, so he had to sit out, sit on his couch the rest of the season, in the postseason as well. And he already talked about that previously, how that was like a stab to his heart, right? Uh, and a stab to the team, right? He felt really, really bad. Uh, and it was hard for him to watch the game sometimes, and he didn't want to watch the game sometimes. Um, we He had to sit through that. We had to sit through that. And so we've been waiting a long time for Fernando to come back on the field. And we're going to get to see, or he's going to be back on the field on Tuesday tomorrow against the Giants. And we're not going to be able to watch it live. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So hopefully the Padres can announce something today or something or tomorrow and surprise us with a, a video feed. Because um, that's disappointing. I want to see Fernando play. Like, I love Jesse and Tony, and I'll be listening to them broadcast the game, you know, on audio. Um, but I'd like to watch it myself, you know. I'm sure I'm not alone with, on that, right? A lot of fans would love to watch Tatis play. So hopefully that happens. But tomorrow, Tatis is returning. He will be DHing. Don't know how many at-bats he's going to get. I don't think he's going to go DH on the road to only get, you know, one at-bat. So at least two. But let's remember, he doesn't have to be ready on March 30th. He has to be ready April 21st, right? Or April, yeah, I think April 21st would be the first game that he's eligible to return. So. He might not be taking, you know, three at-bats in a game right now. Like, they, they probably want to really slow him, you know. They want to take this slow is what I meant to say. They want to take this slow with Fernando. They don't want to rush him into these at-bats, right? I don't even know if his wrist is 100%. But I don't know if you guys saw the video that I think it was 97.3 The Fan posted, Sammy Levitt, of Tatis's bomb that he hit off Michael Walker today. Looks pretty good to me. So I'm excited to see any video that comes out from the Tatis game tomorrow. Um, and then I think Jay Groom is starting that game. So get he'll get another appearance. Um, so that also has happened the last 48 hours. The Tatis return announcement. That's tomorrow. Also, last 48 hours, the Padres, they scored 18 runs against the Arizona Diamondbacks yesterday. They lost today, but there were still some positive signs from today's game. And I'll get to that, but first. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right. I'll get to the chat. Again, if you want to join the show, click that link that's pinned up in the chat if you want to talk some Padres with me. Uh, I appreciate everyone for being here. Um, so Sunday, Padres scored 18 runs against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They had a nine-run second inning. And what I took from that was, wow, this, is, this could be a preview of what is to come this year. This is going to be really fun to watch this offense. Now, guys can underperform. Maybe the offense isn't clicking like it did yesterday, 
on all cylinders at the same time. You know, guys could be slumping while one or two guys are, you know, playing out of their minds, right? Uh, but when it's clicking, and especially when the bottom of the lineup is clicking, right? Because we know that Tatis is insanely talented, and this was without Tatis, by the way, but we know Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogarts. Like, we know they're going to come through most times, right? There's a reason why they, they're one of the best players in baseball, all of those four, right? We know Crony's probably going to come through most times. But then after that, we know there's talent there, bottom of the, the second half of the lineup, with Cruz, Carpenter, right, that platoon, Kim, Nola, Grisham, right? We know that there's talent there. And I guess you got to subtract Tatis for now when you put in like David Dahl or Jose Zocar or whoever. We haven't seen Adam Engel yet because he's dealing with the calf strain. He's behind everyone in terms of progress, getting ramped up. He hasn't appeared in games yet because he's dealing with that calf strain. But one of those guys you got to put in there for Tatis for now. But when Grisham is aggressive and he's locked in like it seems like he is right now to start spring training, when Hassan Kim is locked in, which seems like he is, today was his last game, by the way, with the Padres. He's going on a flight to Korea, or to, I don't know if it's to Korea, but to be with Team Korea for the World Baseball Classic. He's locked in. Bottom of the lineup, when they're locked in like that, instead of three, four-run innings, it turns into nine-run innings, right? Grish with the three-run home run. You had Soto, double, and then he homered later in the game. That ball, that was was crushed that was crushed even more than grish's home run um machado obviously crony doubling down the line right like there's just producers all over the place and then today hasung kim with the double in the gap and then he scores later that inning um i mean when the bottom of the lineup is clicking watch out i mean it's still watch out with this padres lineup because of how much damage the top half can do but if the bottom half is going, then that is hell for opposing pitchers. I mean, total hell. Good luck to them, you know. So that was really, really fun to see. Grish, he's, he, he looks more aggressive. You know, last year, he was aggressive during the wild card series, it seemed like, and during the NLDS, and guess what? Success came his way, right? I know he crashed back down to earth in the NLCS, but it seemed like he was more aggressive there. Last year, he was bunting sometimes with two strikes. He just wasn't confident at the plate. And he had the lowest batting average in baseball among qualified batters, I think. There's there's a certain number of plate appearances, appearances that you have to have to be a qualified batter for batting averages and other stats like that. He had the lowest batting average, like 184. Terrible, right? He just didn't have confidence. And Kevin Acey wrote a piece about that in the Union Tribune. I think it was today. And Grish was kind of like in his head and he was worrying about what the pitcher is trying to do to him instead of what he can do at the plate just didn't have the confidence and he wasn't being aggressive. So hopefully when he does hit those slumps, he doesn't go into the clubhouse and not be himself. And he's, and hopefully he goes into the clubhouse and he's not sulking because that's what he was mentioning. I think in Kevin AC's article today, that's what he was saying. Like he just wasn't himself uh, in the clubhouse, you know, and uh, he just wasn't confident and he was in his head too much. So if that doesn't happen, Watch out. We know what he can give you, what he can give the Padres defensively in center, right? Uh, and then Ha Sung Kim, I think he's, Bob Melvin said today something about, before the game, something about Kim trying to hit more homers. And so maybe put on some more muscle, gain a little more weight, uh, just obviously trying to improve his all-around game. He's great defensively, but you want a little more probably offensively, right? At least I do. Um, and they're trying, I think, just the competitor and us and the competitor and players, right? They always want to try to get better. So I'm not surprised by Kim doing that. Uh, so if we see improvements from Grisham, which I definitely envision happening, I think it's going to be good that he's going to be under the radar. Um, and then Hassan Kim, see improvements there. Crony, get back, get a little more back to being a line drive hitter. There were times last year, right, where it seemed like he was trying to elevate, right? But eliminating the shift here, Go back to being a line drive hitter, and he isn't—he's going to be under the radar this year. He's an all-star, back-to-back all-star, but we know that Tatis, Soto, Bogarts, Manny—that's going to take the spotlight, right? And Nelson Cruz is a bigger name than Crony is, right? 
Like that's going to take the spotlight. And then the pitching staff, the big names there, that's going to take the spotlight, right? So if Crony, Grish, Kim, I mean, those guys, they could have really, really special seasons this year based on the talent around them. And then if they get going, I mean, watch out. That's the best offense in the National League. The Astros are up there, best lineup in baseball, but best lineup in the National League. I mean, the Braves is good. Uh, the Mets probably will be good. The Phillies, when Harper gets back, they're going to be good. But the Padres, I'll put up there with any team uh, if that's happening. So I cannot wait to see this offense. That was a big take. That's a big takeaway that I've taken so far. I, it's been limited games. I think it's been how many? It's two, two or three uh, home Peoria games so far. So not a lot of at-bats that we've seen with the full lineup. But uh, I like Bogarts leading off. He's been leading off uh, in these Peoria games so far. And it seems like that's what Bowmel is definitely leaning towards. I know it's early in camp, but that's what it seems like Bowmel is leaning towards to start the year with Fernando being sidelined, obviously, with the suspension. Have Bogarts lead off, have Soto hit second, have Manny hit third, and then have Cruz or Carpenter hit like fourth. You can have Crony hit behind them. Uh, having Crony, I think they want Crony to stick in that five hole, like just be comfortable there. Um, and then obviously the bottom of the lineup will come after that. That seems like that seems like what Bowmel wants, uh, and I'm fine with that. I mean, Bogarts, yeah, he's not going to be this big power hitter, but he can get on base. We know he's a solid hitter. He hit over 300 last year, I think, right? So um, yeah, I, I like that configuration. I mean, it's it's a it's it's not a a hard job. You wouldn't think for Bowmel, right? Like. Not as a whole as a manager. I know that's hard, but I'm just saying, like, top four, especially when Tatis comes back, whatever order he puts him in, no one's going to fault him and be like, oh, this guy's got to be here. This guy's got to be there. Like, they're all four amazing hitters, right? So, wherever they are, Soto's going to be two, Manny's going to be three. Where is Bogart's going to be? Where is Tatis going to be? Those are the questions. And wherever they go, I think fans are going to be happy. Like, who cares? As long as they're hitting top four that's good i'd prefer tatis to be first hit lead off uh, but tatis does have more power probably than bogarts does so i could see why they have him fourth but i want tatis up as many times as possible uh so i want him lead off but maybe that's just me i'm sure there's other people that want tatis four but again it doesn't matter i don't think it really matters it's four really really talented hitters and then there's other talented hitters right behind those four so Good luck to opposing pitching staffs, right? It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, so 18 to 6 was on Sunday. David Dahl, Jose Azokar, I did want to mention them, hit on them. They, they, they've had a good impression so far in camp. Azokar didn't play today. Dahl did. I think he got a hit today. Uh, but Dahl tripled the other day. Azokar also tripled the other day. Um, they're playing their butts off. It's early in spring, but they know that they can go get major league jobs for opening day. And they can take that Tatis spot, right, because of the Tatis suspension. Or they can just, you know, take the starting job in right field because that is open at least to start the year right take that job and then have angle or the other guy fight for the tatis job right while tatis is out so because i think dixon will be on the roster as that bench infielder because eggy rosario is hurt um so I, th I think it's between those three for two spots in the outfield carry four outfielders just go that way um so 
it's good to see David Dahl and Jose Zokar, you know, battling here. That's the, brings me back to Jace Tingler, but um, that's the word I'm using to describe it because that's what they're doing. And it's great to see, right? I love seeing that competition in spring training. Um, so that was Sunday. Today, Padres lost 7-6 to the Dodgers, but who cares? It's just spring training. Uh, they did have a lead, and uh, but then both sides, the pitching just collapsed, felt like, uh, the last, like, couple innings. Last, yeah, couple innings. Ninth inning, definitely. I don't even, I don't know who was pitching, just some no-name guys, but they both collapsed, it felt like. So, um, I'm not really paying attention to the score. Uh, also, you know, because Reese Kinnear pitched today, and I thought he looked good, there's been some good pitching. I mean, Chris Matt today, I thought he pitched well, pitched two scoreless innings. Reese Kinnear pitched better than the box score said. Let me look at what the box score was for Reese Kinnear today. It was two innings for Kinnear, two hits, says two runs allowed, one walk, three strikeouts, a home run. The box score should be better than that. Uh, because if you were watching the game, Reese Kinnear, I think it was his second inning of work, so this must have been the fourth inning. Uh, he had 0-2, two outs on a guy, gets a pop-up to Campy, who's catching him, and Campy drops it, and then later that at-bat, a home run's hit. Right? Like, Kinnear got himself out of the inning. Campy just didn't catch that ball. I don't know if the sun got in his eyes or whatever. Uh, look, those ballparks are not the same than what they're going to be playing in in the big leagues. So, and it's early in spring training. I'm not going to worry about that. But um, I'm not. I'm not sitting there like, oh, Kinnear sucked today, right? Like, I liked what I saw. I mean, he was blowing some pitches by JD Martinez. Um, so, look, Kinnear, he's going to be one of those starters in El Paso to start the year, and he's he's going. He right now he's fighting for probably that top depth depth spot, right? Alongside Jake Groom and Brent Honeywell and Julio Tehran, right? Uh, because I think Chris Matt will make the roster as a long relief guy. That's what Bo Mel's saying, uh, at least as of now, and some beat writers are saying. So I'm not including him in that group, but like Mora Hone, I don't know if he'll make the roster. We'll see. Jake Groom, Brent Honeywell, Julio Tehran, Reese Kinnear. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some people. Pedro Avila. I'm forgetting some other people. Uh, Cole Hamels isn't ready. That's why I intentionally didn't include him in that group. Uh, but Kinnear, I like what I've seen so far, and he has pitched in the big leagues before, right? He pitched a few games last year in the big leagues, right? I think he came up a few separate times. So he can pitch for the Padres. Um, he did have a pitch clock violation, but again, it's early in spring. That's nothing to freak out about. I don't care who has the pitch clock violation. If it's a big-name guy, if it's not a big-name guy, they're getting used to it. So it's not a big deal. Uh, but I, I, I've i liked what I've seen out of the pitching so far, right? We've seen Martinez. We've seen Lugo. We've seen Tehran. I thought Tehran looked good over the weekend. Um, that was against the White Sox, I believe. And then, yeah, Jake Groom has pitched. Who else? Kinnear, obviously. Chris Matt. Uh, Musgrove and uh, guys like that. They've been pitching on the backfield. They don't want to put them in games yet. Um, they've had them been throwing against like Bogarts and Manny, like the big name guys. They've just been doing backfield stuff. Um, and you'll probably see them get into games. Same with like relievers, like Hader and guys like that. We haven't seen them in games yet either. Uh, Luis Garcia was the first reliever that got in a spring training game. He got in today, uh, but he's playing in the WBC. So he probably wants that game action, right? And Ruben Niebla, who game plans the spring training plan for pitchers, he's going to give him the, that inning, that work, because he, he understands that that's important, right? Those innings are important for guys like Luis Garcia, guys that are pitching in the WBC because they want to be ready. Like, this is another postseason for them. I know it's March, but it's they love representing their country, so they're not going to be slacking off in spring training and then think that they're going to just be able to dominate when they step on a mound in a huge situation for their country, right? They want to be ready for this. So uh, that's why Garcia's pitching as of now. And then during the WBC, we'll prob that's probably when we'll see the big-name guys, Snell, Musgrove, um, Hader, right? Suarez is not pitching in the WBC, I don't believe. Guys like that come into the games. Uh, I, I don't know when Drew Pomerantz is going to come in, but we'll see. Um, 
but that'll come later in the spring. So don't worry about that. Don't freak out. Like, why aren't these guys pitching? They, they are they are pitching. We're just not seeing it on TV in these games, right? Um, anything else? Uh, Soto. Soto. I did want to get to Juan Soto. What's up, Padres blogger? I see you, by the way, in the chat. Um, Soto, he was scratched today with left calf tightness. But an update from the Padres. Uh, Bob Melvin said today after the game, quote, we just wanted to be precautionary. I think there's a good chance he plays tomorrow, end quote. So he's also preparing for the WBC as well. So if you ask Juan if he was going to play today and he's dealing with the calf tightness, he probably was would say, yeah, no, I'm good, right? I'm good. He can take backfield BP, uh, you know, at-bats against Musgrove, guys like that, other relievers. You don't need to be pushing it, right? He wants to play for the in the WBC for Team DR, the Dominican Republic. He loves representing his country. I think this is his first World Baseball Classic because the last one was 2017, and he debuted in 2019, I believe, So in the big leagues. So he did not play in that last one. So he wants to play. So he's not going to be pushing anything. So not a big deal. Precautionary expected to be in the lineup alongside Fernando tomorrow, which will be cool. Usually the big-name guys, they don't travel to road games, but Fernando, he's on a, a different schedule, right? The Padres, they're obviously taking this slow with him, and they probably have already mapped out days like, okay, you're playing this day, you're going to be DHing this day, and then you'll have this day off, then you'll play this day, maybe you'll DH again, you'll have another day off, then you'll play the outfield for a couple innings, few innings, get a couple at-bats, then you're out. Because, again, he doesn't have to be ready till April 21st. He doesn't have to be ready March 30th like everyone else. So they're going to keep, they're going to take this really slow. He's not playing in the WBC, so he doesn't have to get a bunch of at-bats early um, like Juan wants to get. He probably doesn't need it, but he wants to get that, right? Manny's getting a lot of at-bats early. Uh, they're playing in the WBC. Like, they care. They want the at-bats. That's what Bowmel has said. So that's why you're seeing that. That's probably why you're seeing Soto going on the road tomorrow, at least according to Bob Melvin, because he wants those at-bats. And he probably wants to be there for Tatis in his first game back. I mean, this is huge for Tatis. It's not a regular season game. It's not at Dodger Stadium in front of 40,000 people. But there will be boos probably from Giants fans tomorrow at that Scottsdale Stadium. And this is going to be his first. And forget the boos, but this is, I know that's part of it, but this is just going to be his first game action, Major League Baseball game action, since 2021. So, yeah, he's going to want to perform well, and uh, he's, he's probably just excited to get back out there on the field on a Major League spring training, even though it's spring training, but still a Major League facility field, right? Not a backfield, like an actual in, this, in, a, in a spring training stadium setting, right, in a game. So... Again, if there's any video that comes out from that, uh, I'm going to be excited to see it. And a lot of Padres fans will be excited to see it. I don't know. I see a question from Joey here in the chat. Where Tatis, uh, where is he going to bat in the lineup? I don't know. Um, I assume lead off tomorrow. Just get him as many of that bats possible. Or maybe they don't care because they're just trying to bring him along slowly. Uh, but... When Tatis comes back and playing in big league games during the regular season, I want him leading off. So hopefully they can have him hit lead off because I think that's where he's most comfortable. And you have to face Tatis right out of the gate. That's probably more frightening to pitchers than Bogarts. And that's not a shot at Bogarts, just Tatis can do so many things. He can hit a bomb off you and it's one nothing. He could hit a single and stretch it into a double. He could hit a little number in front of the mound and get on base, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't think it matters where Tatis hits in the lineup tomorrow, obviously, because it's a spring training game. But they probably want to see him hit leadoff. They probably want to see him hit cleanup as well, just so they can try that out before April 21st, where you're putting him in that lineup in a game that matters, right, in the regular season. Um, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, so Chris Matt again, he pitched good. Kinnear pitched good, better than what the pitching line, the box score will say. Manny hit one off the wall, the right field wall. 
and he got a single instead of a double, but he wasn't running. He thought it was gone. It might have been gone yesterday because Arizona liked that with the wind, and sometimes there isn't wind, sometimes there is. The weather, it's just sometimes it's weird. Um, again, it's not a big deal. Some people, uh, some Manny haters would say, man, he's not running out of the box. Why is he not running out of the box? Who cares? It's spring training, all right? And, I mean, later in this same game, Gavin Lux got hurt running it out, going to third base. I don't know why he was running to third base on the play, unless, or actually, there might have been first and second, so he had to run. But he was a ball was hit to third. He was running to third, not jogging, and he ends up hurting his knee, his right knee, right leg. And he ended up getting carted off. It absolutely it sucks to see that injury in spring training. Yes, I hate the Dodgers. We hate the Dodgers. But you don't want an injury happening to any player like that. Seeing someone like that in pain like that, it just sucks to see. And he's a young player, too. Um, and it was a non-contact injury. He The video's up on my Twitter, at Talking Friars, on Instagram. I think it's up here on, this, uh, on YouTube here. Um, if you want to see it, if you don't totally understand, it's it's not that pretty. Uh, it's it's one of those where you look at it, you're watching it, and it's like, ooh, it's just not it's not something that you you want to see, right? And so he's gonna miss some time. Like he couldn't. It was hard for him to put weight on it, and he had to be carted it off. Just sucks to see that. It really does. It doesn't matter who the player is. It, it sucks to see that. Um. And so Manny's probably like, yeah, uh, I, if anyone thinks I'm going to be running out balls like that, that's not happening in spring training. It's not going to happen. Like, I'll do it during the regular season when these games matter. Like, I care about winning. But during spring training, I'm not going to be doing that. And I totally understand. Uh, but, I mean, Manny he had, what, a double yesterday, had almost a home run today. Like, it seems like he's pretty good to go for the WBC. Juan Soto seems like he's pretty good to go for the WBC. The double in the home run yesterday. Um, I mean, this lineup, when it is fully healthy, there's going to be some games where it might be against like a Diamondbacks Rockies, against some random starting pitcher that night. It might be 9 nothing in the fourth inning, like we saw. I think that's what the score was at some point yesterday. It might be that early in the game because that's how talented this team is. And a positive that is a positive of that is we could get Manny off of his feet, maybe a little more. Get Tatis off of his feet. Uh, limit injury, right? Don't have to have him standing in the outfield and then maybe ninth inning of a seven run game, he goes and dives and hurts himself, right? Don't need to do that. Maybe get Soto off his feet or guys that play every day, Kim or Crony, right? get them off their feet. Um, that could be a positive for the Padres in this regular season if they're going to be blowing out teams. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see this lineup. And the pitching staff's really good, too. I mean, I know a lot of talk is going to be about those big four in the lineup and just the lineup in general. But let's not sleep on the pitching that we have, too, right? Josh Hader being here in 2023. Um, I don't know if he's going to be here long term. But being here in 2023, can't wait to see him in a full season with the Padres, right? It's Soto's first season with the pod, full season with the Padres. Uh, seeing Suarez, hopefully, like as the Robert Suarez we saw in the postseason all year long. Um, seeing Drew Pomerantz come back. I mean, I, I, you can't guarantee anything out of him, but I'm hoping we can get the Drew Pomerantz of old, who was a, a really impact reliever. Hopefully we'll see that. And Tim Hill, obviously, and Nabil Chrismat. Man, he, he's always such a positive guy. He was on Bally Sports with uh, Scan earlier today uh, after his start. And it um, seems like he's always has that positive attitude, always smiling. Really, I enjoy listening to Nabil and watching him pitch. He's not going to blow you away with velocity, but he'll hit his spots, has a good changeup. Ruben Niebla, Padres pitching coach, said today on the broadcast that I think Nabil is working in a cutter and some other guys on the team are working in a cutter. So we'll see who those guys are. I think Nabil used that once or twice today. 
a lot of good things to be looking forward to for this Padres team. Um, I did want to hit you with some dates. Uh, Bob Melvin told the media today. So Kim, like I said earlier, this was his last game with the Padres before going to join Team Korea. So he's on a flight later tonight. Xander Bogarts is going to be leaving on Wednesday, March 1st. So this Wednesday, I think that's when his, he's either leaving that day or that's his last game. Maybe his last game's tomorrow and then Wednesday he's leaving. Uh, but March 1st is what Bomel said there with Bogarts. Bogarts and Sullivan, maybe. I think he mentioned Brett Sullivan, who is playing for, I want to say Italy. Canada, or, I think it's Italy. I think it's Italy. Um, and then the other guys, like the Dominican Republic guys, Nelson Cruz, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Luis Garcia, they're leaving on the 6th, I believe. So March 5th. That Sunday, next Sunday, will be their last games with the Padres before they leave. And then they're leaving the 6th. That's what Bob Melvin told the media. That could change. Uh, and Bo Mel, it didn't seem like he was 100% sure when he, when he was saying it. But those are the dates that he told the media. So I just wanted to pass that along for anyone that did not hear that or did not see that. Just a little update there. Um, let's get to the chat here. And then at the end, I'll end it with some San Diego sports talk. That's what I am uh, implementing to this show. Talking Friars, it's, it's, if you've been here with me, obviously I appreciate everyone's support. Uh, it's been a Padre show. It's going to continue being a Padre show. But I'm also not just a Padres fan. I'm a San Diego sports fan. And so I wanted to cover some of the other San Diego teams that I don't think are covered enough um, among news outlets. And maybe not just news outlets, but just even fan pages uh, in San Diego. So I want to dedicate last like five, ten minutes on these shows to other San Diego sports. If stuff's going on, I'm not going to uh, talk about another San Diego sport if nothing's going on just to talk about it. But if something's going on, I'll mention it. Uh, Alex says, I'm looking forward to seeing the energy Soto and Tatis will bring on the field. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tatis, we know how much energy he brings to the game, right? With his excitement, seems like he's always smiling. There's a spark there, right? And we saw when Juan Soto was traded to the Padres last year, felt like there was a spark there. Um, and the, all of the projections regarding Juan Soto so far in 2023, like fan graphs and stuff, have him as like the best player in baseball. Maybe not including Otani, but like the best position player. They're having him have like a seven war, over 30 home runs, have like lead the league and I think rated runs created plus and on base percentage, OPS. I mean, they're projecting him to have a amazing like MVP caliber year. So if that happens, and then we have all the other talent in this lineup, the Padre, there's no reason the Padres shouldn't be able to win the division at some, you know, win the division by however many games. I mean, I don't care how many games they win it by, but I think they can win the division if they get that production this season. And then they should be, I mean, if they do that and they win the division this year, we're going to be sitting there saying, well, let's go win the World Series. Why, why not? Why can't they? And I think they can win the World Series sitting here right now, even if they don't win the division. Juan says, I've been a Padre fan for a long time. I'm as old as the Padres. And what this organization is doing now is blowing my mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have not been probably uh, on this planet as long as you have, Juan, or as long as a lot of people in this chat. But I've been a diehard fan ever since I could remember what's going on in games and ever since... Uh, ever since I went to the ballpark, I've always been a baseball fan. I just grew up like that, and I'm never going to stop being a diehard baseball fan. Um, and so I, I sat through all of those years, at least in my lifetime, that the Padres sucked. And I was there being excited about getting a Carlos Asuaje autograph and getting a Manuel Margot or Hunter Renfro autograph or getting going out to the park at the park and 
on the Kids Fest days and getting Corey Spangenberg and Ian Kennedy's autographs, right? Like, I've been through that too, uh, just alongside you guys. I was younger, but alongside you guys, I was there. I was there when Craig Stammen gave up back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs against the Nationals, right? It was Zimmerman, I think Rendon, Trey Turner might have been one of one of them too. Was Jason Wardstow on that team? I forget, but it was back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs that Stammen gave up. Uh, I was there. I stayed the whole game, um, that game against the Dodgers, where Jace Tingler had Ryan Weathers and Joe Mus was it Musgrove? Uh, he had them pinch hitting, like in the fifth inning of games, because he didn't know how to manage, you know, with the lineup. Had him hitting behind Cronenworth and Manny. Like, what are you doing, dude? Uh, sat through that 16 inning game and Tatis. I think that was the game where he hit that home run late in the game, right? It was like 15th inning or something, 15th inning. And then Pollock hit the go-ahead home run to center. I was there for that. I was there for the Corey Seager home run against us, the 12th inning there. I was there opening day when the Padres lost 15-0 to the to the Dodgers. Tyson Ross got hurt. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are some people that say, yeah, I'm a big Padres fan. But are they? I mean, maybe. But I actually, I actually am. And that's what that's what's going to make winning that much better, right? For us fans, me, anyone listening that can relate to those moments, right? We didn't just come on and oh, okay, the Padres are really good. This is really fun. No, we we've we've been through the suck the sucky times too. Uh, do I think Manny will hit 500? Yes, he'll get there at some point. And that's another thing with this Manny contract, right? 11 years, 350. He can get to 3,000 hits with the Padres, 500 home runs. He's going to go into Cooperstown. At least he's on pace for that in a Padres cap, wearing a Padres cap. So, yeah, I mean, it's so great. He's going to have a statue in Gallagher Square, hopefully. Uh, he's one of us. He is a Padre for life. It's, it's great. It's like a weight lifted off the shoulders, right? Because we were going to be worrying about that all year. I was going to be focused on the team, but I was going to be in my mind still. And it doesn't have to be in my mind anymore, right? I can smile and just enjoy every Manny moment without saying, oh, maybe that's going to be one of the last Manny moments I remember of him as a Padre. No, we got a decade plus more of it. Devin asks, what interleague series are you excited about most? Um, good question. The Angels stick out to me because, I, I mean, I love watching Mike Trout in person. I haven't done that a lot because I know Anaheim's right there, but he hasn't been to Petco a lot. And I think the last time the Angels were at Petco, he was hurt. So that sucked. Um the last time I saw Trout play in person, that might have been the 2016 All-Star game. Now that I think about it, which was Big Poppy's last All-Star game. Dang, has it really been that long? It, it might have been that. It's might. Wow. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, so the Angels is up there. The Red Sox, I know they're not great, but it's still a big brand. Um, who else is coming? Baltimore, I'm not excited. I'm excited for every series because the Potters are good, but if we're just talking about the teams that are coming, the Angels, the Red Sox, those stick out to me. So I'd, I'd say those. I'd say the Angels probably won. Seeing Otani, if he's still on the Angels at that point, seeing Trout, if he's healthy, if both are healthy, like that'll be cool. Um, so, yeah, I'll say those two. Angels won. All right, so to end this, let's talk about some other San Diego sports. So San Diego State, all right, San Diego State's the sport I'll talk about here. Men's basketball, holy cow. I mean, what a game on Saturday. I mean, they were down double digits at halftime, wasn't looking great, had Adam Seiko. Didn't seem like he was on it, on his game, you know, in the first half there. I forget if it was the first half or the beginning of the second half. Just some jumpers that were not going in, right? And uh, then second half comes, and Trammell just catches fire. Micah Parrish hits that huge three in the corner. Uh, and then 
I was so I was sitting on the couch and when Jalen House, that's his name, right? Jalen House. I keep thinking Daniel, but I think it's Jalen. Jalen House, he comes down the floor. Well, it was a terrible pass, by the way, on the turnover. And then House comes down the court, layup, and it's like, oh crap. Because remember the game that New Mexico played at Viejas earlier this year, House like became Trey Young, like the villain at Viejas, just took it over and acted like he owned the place, right? Because New Mexico won the game and he was he was he was annoying. I'll say that. He was annoying. That's what I remember about that game. And then this game, he's getting his fans into it. Looked like it was sold out there. It was sold out like a month out. Like that's how anticipated this game was at the pit. And House makes the layup and there's six seconds left. And it's like, all right, well, that sucks. I mean, the Aztecs, they have a chance of winning. It's a one-point game. Like they can hit it, they can make a jumper, but are they gonna are they gonna go get a layup right here? I mean, I don't really see that. Uh, a three going in. I mean, they have some shooters, but is that going to happen? Didn't feel like it. So I was expecting Lamont to go drive, just like the announcer was. Um, but then when he wasn't going to be, he wasn't driving, and it looked like he was kind of casually taking the ball off the up the floor. I'm like, okay, what are you doing? I was I was getting kind of tense in that moment. What are you doing there, dude? Come on, Lamont. And then he pulls up and just drains it. Clock runs out. Game over. And I was obviously ecstatic. Jumped off the couch. Hands up in the air. Because that game, that won the Aztecs, the Mountain West. Share of the Mountain West. They can win it outright, but... Uh, I think all they have to do is win one of the next two games, and they play Wyoming. Let's say they lose to Boise tomorrow, and it's at Boise. They, they're playing Wyoming, who stinks this year. So they'll win one of the next two, and they can get, I believe, that's all they have to do is win one of the next two to get the full Mountain West title. But they that was for the Mountain West title, a share of the Mountain West title, that win. In a game where they were down double digits at one point, down 13, I think, was the, the biggest margin. And there's going to be comparisons, right? Malachi Flynn with the, the shot he made against San Jose State years back. Um, that was great, but that was not at the buzzer. And that was like the 10th game of the year. This one, it's late in the year. It's at the buzzer. It shuts up the home crowd. They were down double digits. You're not playing San Jose State. Like you were playing a team that won the map this year. A team that was playing for their NCAA tournament lives. Because New Mexico is not great in conference. They've not been great in conference. Uh, so winning, beating San Diego State, a ranked team twice, and having that great start, I think they were 14-0 to start the year. Beating San Diego State twice, that would have helped their tournament case. Let's say they maybe go to the Mountain West tournament game in the, in the tournament, uh, the, the championship game, excuse me, is what I meant to say, in the Mountain West tournament. That could you know get them as one of the last teams in. But losing here, you had a 13-point lead, and then you lose, you're not getting in. With a poor conference record, you're not playing in the Big 12, you're playing in the Mountain West, you're probably not getting in, right? You'll, you'll be in the NIT if you accept that invitation. So the stakes, I mean, Mountain West share tournament, or Mountain West conference regular season title, I think they can win the tournament. My, my mind's just on the tournament for some reason. Game winner, knocks off New Mexico, knocks off, or eliminates their tournament chances probably. That's probably better than the Malachi shot, uh, just the circumstances. Um, and again, the, the the Lamont Butler, Butler, excuse me, the Lamont shot was at the buzzer. Like, once he hit that shot, it was over. New Mexico didn't have a Hail Mary chance. No, it was over. So, yeah, that was a great, great game. Micah Parrish, I mean, again, we got we to gotta point out that three that he made. That was big. And then the three that he made early in the season, too, that game winner. I don't think that one was at the buzzer, but it was very close. I think it was against UC Irvine uh, in the corner there. He loves the corner, that left corner. Um, so he's been big. And, I mean, I'm just so happy for Lamont 
because remember early in the year against Arkansas, he has that turnover. State maybe could have beat Arkansas, uh, and there were six seconds left. They were close to doing so, and then they run out of gas pretty much in overtime. And Lamont was like, six seconds is just not going to let six seconds define me. Well, there were six seconds on the clock when he got the ball and then made that game-winning shot, right? And so he's his San Diego State career, he's probably going to be remembered for six seconds. Not the Arkansas game, not those six seconds, but the game against New Mexico here. That's what he's going to be remembered for. And uh, Brian Dutcher, he was saying after the game that he didn't draw up that play. He drew up a play for Lamont, but he didn't draw up a three. He, he thought he wanted him to go to the basket. And uh, he didn't because he realized that there were two seconds on the clock, and he's like, oh, I got to shoot this. And he shot it, right? Like you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. He, he took the shot, didn't miss it, and the Aztecs won. They have a share of at least the Mountain West title. So uh, they play Boise tomorrow, Wyoming, I think, Saturday for Senior Day. So that'll be fun to watch. Can't wait. So there's my San Diego sports part of the show here. I do it at the end because I know this is a Padres show, um, but I do want to tack it on at the end because I'm very passionate about San Diego sports and being loyal to San Diego sports. Uh, I'm seeing just people coming in here. Where will Tatis bat in the order tomorrow? Don't know. Hopefully lead off, but don't know. Yeah, he's going to DH tomorrow. Don't know where he's batting. All right, I think that's going to do it for Talking Friars episode 348. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in, watching on YouTube. Subscribe, please. Hit the like button. I mean, I don't ask to do that, you know, at the beginning of videos or 100 times, 10 times during live streams. I'm not someone that, you know, wants to do that. Like, if you like what I do, subscribe, like it. I, I appreciate it. I love the support. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Totally understand. Um, but yeah, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening on the podcast platforms. Go Padres, go Aztecs, go Wave, go Loyal, go San Diego Sports. Uh, thank you so much. See everybody. <laughs>